The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by the Quip Electric Toothbrush, the iPhone of toothbrushes. Engineered by industrial designers to be simple and stylish, it stands neatly upright or hangs on the mirror, not taking up space or sitting in a gross cup or holder. And there's no cord clutter because it's battery-powered. It comes in colors, including green, copper, silver, and gold, and starts at only 25 bucks. You can get your first refill free if you visit getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. Greetings and good day, and welcome to the first Birds All Day of Spring Training. It is all happening. There are guys in shorts, they are throwing bullpens, they are running around on the grass in the sun, <laughs> people are taking bad photos and posting them to Twitter. It is a tradition like no other, and I, for one, could not be more excited. My name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, this is Birds All Day. We are the podcast it talks about your Toronto Blue Jays, and we couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without the man. The man who joins me, as always, uh, old reliable, old reliable, Mister Dollar Tree Andrew Stoughton. How are you, sir? <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to get to that. Yeah, I thought I thought that was going to be coming up in uh, your list of what these players are doing. Uh, I am well. I'm well. I assume I assume we'll uh, we'll speak of the incident at some point here. The incident is is a little bit different, almost a little bit old school. Um, in that, you know, spring training used to be just drunken debauchery for weeks on end, where these guys would come into camp and they would have been spending their winter drinking effectively, or or just being in the off season, and then they just show up and like kind of play themselves or work themselves back into their playing weight, into fitness. Uh, those days are gone. Right, these most of these players are are mm-hmm. back in the gym, back in the cage, back on the mound uh, before the World Series is even over. If they didn't play in it, if they are Toronto Blue Jays, for example, uh, so these guys come in and they're looking more. They spend the winter gaining muscle to then that they can slowly lose over the season because they can't keep that mass when they're playing 162 games. Uh, but it's a different time. But God bless Reese McGuire. For giving us something salacious, something titillating, something uh, sleazy to talk about, uh, sort of. We don't know too much. Um, we, we we only know what we know, and we only know what Caitlin McGrath knows. And Caitlin McGrath is, of course, the Toronto Blue Jays reporter for The Athletic. She is going to join us from Dunedin to talk about the things that she's seen here in the early, early days of camp. Um, and But Stoughton and I... On Birds, this edition of Birds, they will talk about all the other stuff. No lack of Blue Jays news, no lack of baseball news as camps open around the league and people who are the Astros go up in front of microphones and they have garbage fall out of their mouths and they then blame the people with the microphones for the garbage that fell out of their mouths. It's a crazy time. (laughs) It's a sickening time. Straight up. And, of course, the Mookie Betts trade happened last week. Since last we spoke. Oh, yeah. Mookie Betts traded to the Dodgers. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit of a thing too, yeah. David Price traded to the Dodgers. The Dodgers, the Red Sox, so desperate to get under the luxury tax for, or just to cut costs, not even the tax, to cut costs, uh, took on Alex Verdugo, who I did not, there were some things about Alex Verdugo that I did not either remember or know, um, which only makes the trade look that much more ridiculous, frankly. Yep. But mm-hmm. let us first travel to Dunedin. Well, we aren't going to travel there. Caitlin, she already traveled to Dunedin. So let's talk to Caitlin McGrath about the first couple days of Blue Jays spring training on this edition of Birds All Day. All right, as we mentioned before, down in the new and improved Dunedin, Florida. Well, I, I don't think Dunedin, Florida has improved, although Stoughton will often go to bat for it. But uh, Caitlin McGrath is in Dunedin. She's watching the Blue Jays. She's watching the pitchers and the catchers. And it is our pleasure at this time, as we mentioned, for Caitlin to join us on Birds All Day and talk about what she's seen. Caitlin, welcome back. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm getting to the sense that we wouldn't have a show without you oftentimes. <laughs> but uh, how is beautiful Dunedin, Florida? Uh, it was very nice today. I actually stay in Clearwater. Most of us stay in Clearwater just because like, there's really 
not Dunedin is very small it's essentially just a small little town um and so most of us are based in Clearwater because that's where all the hotels are um there's just more options to stay here but um I was in Dunedin today I was down at both the renovated stadium uh now called TD Ballpark I believe um it's still a little bit under construction but it looks like it'll be done when games start in a couple of days. And mm-hmm. then uh, I also went down to the player development complex, which is extremely under construction still. Um, essentially, there's some fields that are done and uh, functional. And then there's a lot of sort of like kind of like outdoor um, like facilities, I guess you would call them. It's Florida. So I guess you can have these facilities sort of outdoor. So it's just like uh, like an outdoor batting cage it looked like. And there was some what they call agility fields um, where guys can, you know, do various work. Um, so that was sort of all I was able to see today. And, and then, of course, they had the pitcher mound. And, and that's really what we were watching today is, of course, the pitchers had their first official uh, bullpen sessions today. So that was where um, sort of the injury glide, obviously, with Hundred Ryu um, throwing for the first time. Uh, with the media present, yeah. So uh, you, I saw you were taking lots of photos, and you know, people uh, like Shai Davidi posted up lots of photos. You seem to be uh, right there in the in the Korean media throng. Uh, Going to be a bit of an adjustment, <laughs> I guess, in 2020 with a um, uh, very large uh, media contingent following around. Probably the biggest uh, Korean baseball player in the other than Eric Thames in the big leagues right now, Hyunjin uh, Ryu. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, it, it did have um, sort of a paparazzi feel to it today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hang Jin Ryu, as I understand it, is a superstar in Korea. And he is obviously a talented athlete. And in Korea, he does um, like endorsements. He's in commercials. He's, uh, he's just a very well-known um, person there. And the the media contingent, I was sort of trying to ask them a little bit about, you know, where they were coming from. And, and a lot of them speak Korean, obviously, but um, some of them spoke English. And um, sort of as I understand it, a lot of the media there were actually sort of, it was sort of like a mix of like what what we would understand as sort of like local news. Um, so like the CP24s of um, South Korea. Mm-hmm. They were there. And there's also like sports media there. So that's why there's just that huge song. It's like really a big story there um and they're not going to be here <laughs> the entire time so i was also trying to understand you know how do they follow him um how you know do they just move to canada for half a season but really they sort of drop in at, at pivotal moments so obviously they're here at the start of spring training because mm-hmm. you know he's talking for the first time as a blue jay um, and, you know, opening day in Toronto, that's going to be a very similar scene. Um, it's going to be very busy with a lot of media. Um, but I think from that point on, they'll sort of come in and out and they'll drop in and out and depending on how his season goes. Um, but overall it was an adjustment because, you know, spring training, when you come down here and you're part of just the local beat, um, there's only a handful of people and they're also just sort of the beat reporters that we've gotten used to over um, time and the whole sort of one of the mm, benefits of spring training especially when you come down early is that uh, there's just so much opportunity to talk to guys and there's just seemingly like you know you have a long time to talk to guys and everyone's in a really great mood and it's quiet and there's not the hustle and bustle of um, the season and so it was sort of like funny um, or just a a really contrast to the sort of low-key relaxed vibe that spring training typically comes with mm-hmm. and then it was just this like sort of massive like celebrity-esque um event with Ryu um but you know it was kind of fun yeah it was kind of fun to be in the middle of those big scrums and um you know getting to talk to Ryu for the first time was interesting um he seems like a really likable guy he has his <coughs> excuse me interpreter Brian Lee uh, I believe he was with him when he was with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's come over. And um, also, let, not to be forgotten, some Japanese media were here today as well because Shun Yamaguchi, uh, of course, is in camp as well. I believe he will be talking to us tomorrow 
Um, so that will also be probably not as big a deal as it was today, but um, there is it's very international on the Blue Jays beat now, which is a, a bit of a change. Not the worst thing to ever happen. I I, I definitely think that the not, uh, maybe not novelty, but uh, we are in like what more than twenty years of of players coming um, from Japan, from Korea um, to play in the big leagues and sort of the press horde sort of. Yeah, you'll. It, it, I think that's a great contrast because uh, Shun Yamaguchi. That's a that's a that is ideal. Um, there will be Japanese media, but I mean, I remember I was at uh, opening day when um, uh, Masahiro Tanaka's first start um, was like the Jays' home opener, and it was nuts. There were so many people there, but like that's because he's a star and like Ryu's a star, so you're going to get that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the CP 24s. I mean, I don't know what it's like now, but God, almost it was almost 20 years ago. But in Korea, they had like sports dailies, right? And they would whenever. Back then, whenever uh, uh, Chan Ho Park or Park Chan Ho would would pitch, he was on the cover, right of the of the sports daily, like the day after his start or the day before his start. So I'm sure that Ryu gets the same uh, treatment. We all saw the, you know, the footage of him, um, you know, when he arrived at the airport after or when he's leaving after he signed, and like li- literal pap- paparazzi, like crowds of people in the airport. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's cool. It's, I mean. How many people? What was I when uh, when when Sung Wan Oh was uh, was with the Jays? There was like there was not an enormous crowd of people following him around. They there were probably a couple Korean guys. Are there any? Uh, Caitlin, you can answer this probably. Are there any um, like foreign language um, reporters that are in the Toronto chapter of the BBWAA yet? BBWAA. I don't like if. I'm not sure who would like the new members that have sort of been accepted this year. Cause I think that process is just going on right now. Mm. Um, so, Oh, do they, they accept, I'm not sure, Oh, they, they it, add new members to the BB. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, but it would make sense. It. <laughs> it would make sense <laughs> if, um, if he's going to be here for four years. Right. Um, so we'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, the more, let's get down to the important questions then. How did he throw? How did he look? What was his velocity? Did you get a chance to look at any of the Rapsodo numbers on him? <laughs> I did not no. get a glimpse of the Rapsodo, but he looked good. Um, he looked pretty relaxed, pretty comfortable. Um, and I actually did kind of notice that he was throwing pretty hard. And then we actually got a chance to talk to Pete Walker as well today. Um, he came out and spoke to some of the reporters after um, Ryu talked to us. Mm. And Pete Walker also agreed. He said he looked like he put a little bit more on his um, his pitches. Um, they were coming out really sharp. And that honestly kind of like pleasantly surprised him because, you know, guys like first couple bullpens, I think Ryu's thrown some sort of other bullpens since he's arrived in Florida, but this was the first one that media were witnessing. Um, and so he looked really good. He looked really comfortable um and uh another guy just to mention another guy matt shoemaker was also throwing today um and he also looked really good really comfortable and a guy like matt shoemaker we were told no really limitations with him um he's completely healthy his arm's good the only thing with him they mentioned us today and this is um sort of appropriate is they're going to be very careful with him doing um pitcher fielding practice because of what happened last year we got another Scott Downs on our hands. It's like the kind of guy who just explodes the minute he steps off the mound. He's got a <laughs> bubble wrap. No, that's, I mean, that's... Yeah, bubble, bubble wrap him. Bubble yeah. wrap Matt Schumacher. No, that's great. He, he seems like a very easy guy to cheer for. And a lot of people seem like they are uh, rooting for him beyond just like, the, I hope that guy pitches well because that's fun. But uh, yeah, it's such a bummer to see the way he went down last year. Uh, oh, one more question about Ryu. And I don't know if you can answer that. I assume you can. Who caught it? Who caught his bullpen? Uh, it was Reese McGuire who caught the bullpen today, and I, <laughs> I don't remember. I think Jansen was beside. I think he caught Matt Shoemaker. Hmm. Um, those were the two I noticed. Um, but yeah, it was is Reese today. Reese was in camp today. Oh, fully there after after um, obviously the events that um, came to light <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, the events. So the, I, I'm guessing based on your uh, the way you've described the situation. He did not speak to the media. No, um, he did not. And as I understand it, the club has made their statement about 
his arrest and they are not commenting further on it, um, nor is Reese, just while the sort of legal matter is taken care of. Well, that sucks. I want it. I want an explanation. Damn it. <laughs> well, been, he has his. Odd, yeah. He has his court date on March sixteenth. I will be in Dunedin in Mar- on March sixteenth, so I will be around. Um, so if it gets that far, I'm not. Re- I'm. I really. I'm not familiar with really the U.S. legal system, but he's. Um, he's uh, received a notice to appear in court on March sixteenth. So my. If I had to guess, I would say that we won't really hear much about the situation until that day comes and there's some kind of what, whatever, however it's resolved, um, then we'll sort of probably hear from him or the team again. But just judging from the statement they put out yesterday, I think that we won't really get any further comment um, until later on. Um, but just in general, camp was sort of very typical today um and there was really nothing out of the ordinary and it was just a very normal pitchers catchers um report day so or sorry not report day that was yesterday um pitchers catchers first workout day what else is going on what so uh, you'll be back again tomorrow uh what's you, you said you really like you seem to like the early days of spring training when it is a bit more chill and there's no games and stuff uh, uh you know do you do you find that you you have it's a lot it's a fertile time you get to make those connections and and meet some of the new players or reconnect with uh, with guys you've you've talked to a lot in the past yeah i think it's a good time definitely for reconnecting especially for the few um position players that are have shown up a little bit early just because they are sort of like technically not on the clock yet i guess so to speak so they're even more relaxed they are really just kind of going out of their business getting a little bit of extra practice in um i even talked to rowdy Tellez today just to say hello and he kind of told me I mean he's been um he's been around I'm not sure because I only got here yesterday but he's been around for I think a, a little while and he basically told me that he's going to be here this week but then this weekend he's not going to come to the player complex or anything just because it's kind of his last weekend off so mm. you know the, the same way that like you and I would probably savor like the last weekend of our vacation or something like that that's kind of how they're approaching it. So position players are um, reporting on Monday. So that's when everything will come into full swing. Um, one thing that came up a lot in camp today um, is going to be probably a central storyline of camp, if not you know, one of the leading storylines um, of entire camp, is really that the fifth starter job. Mm. Um, pretty much you can slot in the four guys that we know uh, Ryu, uh, Tanner Rourke, uh, Chase Anderson, and uh, Matt Shoemaker, the first four. And then there's that fifth starter spot, which is, we were told today by Charlie Montoyo, it's a completely open competition. Um, they really didn't sort of tip their hand as to any kind of leading candidates, other than to say that they're the people that we could all probably guess. Mm. Um you know, like Trent Thornton, who obviously was the innings leader of the team last year. Ryan Baraki, who missed most of last year, but also was the sort of pleasant surprise of 2018 season. Sean Yamaguchi, we mentioned him before. He's a, He's been signed from Japan, and he's been starting for the last few seasons in Japan after being a reliever for a number of years. So he's an option. Then the other guys that are probably a little bit down on the list, just based on sort of my own analysis and and. Uh, that would be like Anthony Kay and TJ Zoig and uh, Jacob Wiggis back. So to me, it's sort of, I think, going to shape up to be sort of a three-man race. Um, and, I mean, we could go on and on about it. I think there's some – I think a few of the guys are more obvious to be that starter just because I think someone like Sham, Sean Yamaguchi is probably more versatile. You can use him in the bullpen. He has experience there. Um, he can be a long man for you in the bullpen. He can also be sort of a high-leverage reliever. He's done that in the past. Uh, at the same time, the Blue Jays signed him all the way from Japan, and you know he came over here with the hope that he would be a starter, so they might want to give him a chance. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, I have to project a roster pretty soon, and I think I think my money is on Ryan Barucki just because he seems to fit the mold of maybe what they'll be looking for as a starter, and it, he seems to just have a little bit less versatility than the other guys. You can't really use him in the bullpen, I don't think. So 
I don't know. He would, he's what I'm betting, but we'll see. It's a long way to go till you know, camp breaks. It is a long way to go, and we've already gone so far from Korea to the depths of perversion and in back into Dunedin. <laughs> Caitlin, we're going to let you go. I know these these days, these, these spring training days start early. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Everyone, of course, can read you uh, where. Where do you write? Uh, at this little website called The Athletic. Right, right here at The Athletic. Uh, Caitlin McGrath in Dunedin, Florida. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. And, yeah, thanks so much. Uh, I'll report back soon. All right. As, as we said, thank you so much to Caitlin. You can look forward to reading her dispatches from spring all throughout uh, the month of, what is this, February, March, uh, on The Athletic. Thank you to her for taking the time. Thank you to her for uh, braving Florida. I don't know. Did you, you like Florida. Yeah. You, you seem like I, I mean, of- it sounds like there's... <laughs> There's some weird stuff going on in the parking lots down there, apparently. But yeah, so I, kinda, I can dig it. <laughs> Not that the Florida, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like the temptation to make jokes is an easy one, and one I cannot resist, quite frankly. I right. I mean, it's it, it. It seems there's no there's no victim per se. I don't know if any children wandered into the Dollar Tree parking lot with within the line of sight. You know, but. Yeah, still fucking weird. It's it's not it's not a cool thing that has happened with this Blue Jays player. But yeah, I have a lot of questions. I really the jokes are just you know you know low hanging fruit. uh, If you'll pardon the oh dear God. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us. This is of course the final episode of Birds All Day. Um, I I I do have questions about the the timeline. Like, how did this happen? Like. Did someone walk like someone walk past and be like, "What did I just? Did I see what I thought I just see?" Are there police patrolling the Dollar Tree parking lot in uh, in Clearwater or Dunedin, wherever this occurred? Um, and and that, I get the other question, the one that has not yet been asked, which is why there's a there's, there's that, a part of me. Hmm? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's a question. That's the that's sort of the question. Yeah, there yeah. was a complainant. There was a complainant. So somebody was like, I don't think I like what I see over there. Let's call the statey. And then the state trooper or whomever comes over and is like, oh, hey, can't do that I here. Mean, real, I, I'm curious about the response time of the police. And, you know, you know was it so, like, <laughs> you know, t- it's sort of a ticking clock in that situation. <laughs> oh, there are many questions to be asked, I guess, is what we're really uh, getting at. In, and maybe. Indeed there are. Indeed there are. There, Maybe there's there's a chance, albeit remote, that there is something more insidious going on. That there's something sadder, something more uh, that we haven't considered that will make our the 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 make it not as much of a light, silly kind of perverted story. Uh, maybe there's more yeah. to it, and and it I, could be I, anything. I hope not, but hmm? yeah, but I, I hope not. Yeah, but you, you're right, and we should tread carefully here. But yeah, the Daily Mail has. Uh, as details, they must have. Uh, they must pay for American, uh, uh, you know, police reports and something. Because I, I saw the Toronto, you know, Toronto Sun had a piece that was quoting the mail, and uh, <laughs> they quote McGuire as telling the cops repeatedly, "I'm so sorry. This is really embarrassing." So, which is which is a the kind of detail that that uh, really unlocks the the humorous potential, and I feel in this story, even though, yeah. We have to watch ourselves. He allegedly said that in this uh, in this incident. Weird, wild stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of these guys. I mean, how many how many guys to a house? I mean, if he's dri- he was driving a white Mercedes, so maybe maybe he has his own place. But I, you know, maybe he just need a little little time alone. Strange strange thing to do. <laughs> but. Uh, well, as I which said, he acknowledged. Apparently, according to the police, he, he was like, oh, I really shouldn't have been doing that. Not a lie detected. Not, <laughs> no, no, a lot of truth there, Reese McGuire. A lot of, um, you know, th- there's a part of me that's like wondering if there's a way to con- kind of concoct a minor league players are underpaid. These poor guys are stealing Wi-Fi from the Dollar Tree to just to, just to have a moment's respite from the stressful world of... <laughs> Going and trying to match a, a, a strong season at the plate. Uh, but I don't know. God only knows. But uh, uh, we can only trust that the competent and well-balanced folks in Central Florida will handle this with the, the dignity 
the plum that it deserves. <laughs> um, and yeah. and that uh, that Danny, not Danny, well, Danny Jansen doesn't give a shit. But uh, Reese McGuire is able to move on and, uh, I don't know, contrib- continue. Fuck, who knows? But it does remind I mean, me. I... I will segue quickly, which is the Astros story is not going away because the Astros don't want it. Don't can't let it go away because they can't stop stepping on rakes uh, that they have surrounded <laughs> themselves in rakes as they defiantly stomp around with their eyes closed, being like, fuck your rake as it hits them in the face. It's just been it's today was a wild day in terms of the things that Jim Crane was saying, in terms of oh, Alex yeah. Bregman's garbage <laughs> statement, Carlos Correa being very like forth like forthcoming or, or honest and finally someone speaking with a bit of sincerity. Um Jose Altuve kind of doing his thing, Justin Verlander just absolutely like frying any credibility he ever had as like the <laughs> one of the good guys who gets it just yep just refusing to accept I don't know the whole thing is just so messed up and for some of the players to have been so like, well, like the fact that Jim Crane's like, I don't know if it helped. We won the World Series. You can't take that away from us. It's like, motherfucker, they really want to. <laughs> Everybody <Yeah. laughs> here really would love to do that. Because uh, the other players are mad. Other players all the time are mad. I saw, you know, you see them uh, on tweets or on Instagram. Guys who maybe have a little less oh, yeah. to lose a little later in their career. Just being like, uh, well, then Mike Bolsinger, the former Blue Jays, suing. Yeah, uh, it's just a crazy thing. And but the thing that I can't get past all of this, all, all going on, all of this noise, all this circus. But the fact that there are people who are, would self-describe themselves as Astros fans who have somehow convinced themselves that this is their fight to fight, that they need to be in there defending mm-hmm. the honor and. And just refusing to accept, like, like maybe I'm not a good sports fan, and I, I, I don't, I never was, and I'm not close to it, the fandom and the, the emotion that I, that it can't, I can't ever imagine myself getting there to be like, this is what the team that I like did. I'd be like, how can you just like refuse to accept that that's what happened? How can you refuse to just be like, wow, that was messed up. I wish they hadn't done that. Didn't take away from the fact that my friends and I had a lot of fun watching those games and I felt emotion watching them win. But like what they did was bad. Why is that so hard to do? Why? Stoughton, I'm asking you why. Oh, God, I have no idea why that's so hard to do. Because, I mean, we are we are not faced with such a with such a difficult decision but to admit that our cheating team was cheating. Uh, but yeah, it, it is it is bizarre to watch that behavior online. For sure, but then again, this is this is online where any number of strange behaviors. It's like a fucking Dollar Tree parking lot out there. If anything, <laughs> I feel though that if any, if ever anyone, any group of fans was uniquely positioned to have been down a similar road, it's. People of your your vintage and mine, because the man in white thing wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. and I think that people like you and I, who were you know in a burgeoning internet space at that time when that story came out, but I think the difference was that all that stuff was really specious. There was not a lot of meat yes. on the bone. All of the you know, the, you know, uh, Amy K. Nelson and the folks at ESPN, and I think they had some people from Baseball Perspectives who helped them to try to crunch the numbers. There was, there was no smoking gun. There was no, um, there was, A, a there was no video. That's the, the bit, number one. The biggest difference is that, you know, picks or it mm-hmm. didn't happen. There was no, there was no John Boy or anything like that, or someone who can just turn the sound up and be like, oh, yeah, that's the sound you're hearing. Um, there was no evidence, is what I'm trying to say. So that, Maybe I'm misremembering our role, but I'm sure that that you know you and I, as people who were talking about the Blue Jays and writing about them online, were like, I don't know, defensive of the team, but more more skeptical of the story, I think, than the fact that uh, that the, <laughs> that the Blue Jays, you know, would have done been doing some fishy stuff to steal signs. Yeah, I was pretty defensive of the team, probably in retrospect. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's my my finest moment. 
that, that but but I but I think it was motivated by like you say uh the the fact that that there was no meat on the bone you couldn't you know this, there just there wasn't anything there uh, it, uh and and this uh is is a very different situation i think uh, but maybe that's me making excuses for myself i'm not sure uh but yeah it just it uh it's it, it is it is a weird fan thing i definitely I don't know. I, I I guess I understand people getting caught up in it, but it's just it's so blatant as opposed to you know whispers and nothing and numbers that were supposed to prove something that you know took about two seconds of thought to to destroy. There's so much meat on this bone. It is like a like a. Like a <sighs> is this a Dollar Tree? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. A, I was gonna go into an, like an extended chicken <laughs> okay. nugget. It's bits of other meat that have been char- like charred up and pushed into a new form, like a fucking fish stick. But no, there is so much meat on this bone, and it's not. Ne- it's not going away. Um, you know, the Mike Bolsinger thing is. You know, it's it's you you hope for the best, but I mean, it's not like. It's not like that was the only bad outing he had all, all year. I don't know. No, I, mean, I get his point. Yeah, I, I don't feel like his case is really uh, is is I, as I wrote in a piece this week. You know, I am not a lawyer, but it doesn't really seem like he may ha- he'll have a great case. And I've certainly heard from a couple of lawyers who uh, who would concur. Um, but you got to feel for him, and you got to feel for you know the the guys. This was kind of like this. It, it's very reminiscent of the steroid thing too, right? I mean, there mm-hmm. you know you you felt for the guys who are losing jobs or not getting jobs, and and yeah, Bolsinger it was you know a textbook journeyman, but he you know was I, I mean those like an, an outing like that, stuff like that can really you know you don't only get so many chances when you're when you're that guy. No, it's and, true. Uh, and he hasn't been back in the league since, right? So. Mm-hmm. And I, the other thing I was I reminded of in, in terms of like fans being defensive, but again, it, the completely other side of the coin was like when everyone decided that Jose Bautista was on steroids because right this insanely like wiry, lean, five foot eleven or like six foot to maybe five foot eleven tall guy started hitting home runs out of nowhere, and people were just like, "Well, that's he's on steroids because that's the connection that we make," which was like that was a, that's a garbage you know possibly racist uh, uh assumption and a lazy accusation that's thrown out well this is like they have literally been caught red-handed they had their own a player on the team was like hell yeah they did that shit and then the other teams were like we asked the league to investigate before he even came forward like there's no doubt there's no black it's it's a black and white situation they did that shit they did it for years mm-hmm. and uh it's not going to go away and they are doing themselves no favors. They're going to be the villains, which they deserve. They deserve a, much worse than they'll ever get. And it'll be interesting to see how it follows some of these guys through their careers, frankly. Uh, Verlander, Bergman, or Bregman, and uh, Altuve in particular. I think it'll be really interesting. And then Carlos Beltran, too, right? Beltran, yeah. uh, who has like the saintly reputation. Now that maybe some of that's gone away. Yeah, I don't, I, I, and I think, and it lends, you know, it's a, it was a hitting thing, but it, I think, I think it was Tim Marchman who used to be at, at Deadspin was tweeting about Verlander today, where it's like, you know, how he's like, what I, I'm not interested in what he has to say about the hitters, I, but what I'd like to hear is, you know, how at 35 he like had his career peak after you know, a, you know, walks a, walks into the Astros clubhouse and is suddenly incredible, and and you know, the narrative that I think a lot of people tried to build and a lot of people sold a lot of books on. Uh, is that they had proprietary methods of doing stuff, which are now sort of exposed as as fraudulent. And uh, you know, I'm not saying anything about what what you know what Justin Verlander. But, you know, I'm not making, throwing an accusation at him, but it's but it's very you know it's interesting and it's interesting how that uh, how that's all sort of been shattered and and uh, and and yeah, I think it is. It's gonna it's gonna be a really lasting thing on the game, and it's uh, it's bullshit. It sucks. Fuck off, Astros. Trash. Pretty much. Pretty much. Now, there is, of course, another Blue Jays connection uh, to this, which is the Blue Jays... Uh, is he the assistant hitting coach or the bench coach? He's the bench coach. He's he the bench coach. The he was in, the He was the, the bench coach. Or he was the hitting coach in Houston and then became the Blue Jays bench, or hitting coach. So he bench came coach. Fo- Jesus forward. Jesus Christ. No wonder you're confused. I keep saying the same thing. <laughs> he came forward with a statement um, of that was expressing a bit more, uh, I don't know, remorse or contrition about... about 
the the situation in Houston when he was there, did he not? Yeah, he uh, he had a scrum, I believe, and was and was uh, and, and talked a little bit about it. I think uh, uh, John Lott was there. I think he maybe by the time anyone hears this, he'll have had a piece up about it. I believe. Um, but yeah, it definitely sounded more contrite than that. Uh, you, we all probably remember uh, when Lot first sort of tracked him down after the allegations. He just didn't really want to say anything, and that's kind of been, you know, where the Astros have been at for most of the winter. And and it turns out, you know, they didn't. Uh, they weren't. They weren't crafting a, a, a you know a precise and brilliant PR strategy. Uh, but but it's you know it, it, Hudgens is an interesting figure in this. Uh, I don't have the quotes in front of me, but he, you know, it was, he, he said that, you know, he didn't think it was happening. He didn't hear things during the playoffs. And I think that that's borne out by, uh, what is the sign stealing scandal website? Uh, the, the Arsenal legend, Tony Adams, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we talked about, I think on the last episode or a couple, uh, a couple ones back, uh, that it kind of, that that stopped during the, you know, during the playoffs, but obviously, uh, as the as the thing as the stupid scandal deepens, you know, uh, I don't think anybody at this point believes that it started and stopped with the with the banging on the trash can. Uh, but but you know, Hudgens, it's very clear, and the Wall Street Journal report from last week, I think Jared Diamond did that, which is uh, you know getting the interns' emails and the code breaking, and hey, you guys you guys code breaking from <laughs> from Jeff Luno stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it it's. I, I know that I've just I've interacted with people on Twitter, Blue Jays fans who are still, you know, not happy that that Dave Hudgens is in the organization at this point, given that he was the the, the hitting coach on the team that was, you know, on the 2017 Astros. Uh, but it was very obviously condoned from from above, and uh, and you know you had a star veteran in Beltran who was uh, who was driving the bus, or so or so the you know so they've decided to say so they decided to, to make him sort of the scapegoat in this um but yeah it, it's interesting and I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to john's piece about that and to see you know more precisely what hudgens said and i think john may have been spe- speaking to him uh individually as well mm. um but yeah it, it's you know I'm, I'm i'm fine with the, I'm, I'm fine with giving them the the you know the black Sox treatment yeah. At this point, it, which which seems harsh, but also, come on, what the fuck? You're yeah, making up uh, buzzers or whatever. But also, fuck you. Like, you, you are... <laughs> yeah, like, a little bit. Yeah. Literally undermining the, the integrity and the credibility of the game, which is just a game, but, like, you have to have rules. There have to be lines, right? There have to be lines that you don't... Once you cross, you can't come back. And and even though it's only mm-hmm. sports and even though it's... You know, all the, like, Jim Crane can up, get, be up there just saying the most asinine shit that he couldn't ever hope to believe. None of this ever is ever going to mean anything to him, right? He's going to, he was a billionaire before. He's going to be a billionaire after. The Astros, if, when he decides to, to, to sell, he'll have what made millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. It's, he's going to be fine, right? He's rich. But like the, the game itself, it needs, if, if they, if the game wants to, if we want to have anything to believe in, honest to God, this is a bit extreme <laughs> yeah. given what's going on in, you know, the world. But like, just, I don't know. Yeah, fuck them. None of them. None of them deserve benefit of the doubt at this point. None of them deserve to be taken at face value. None of them deserve uh, anything until they can, like, again, though, you know, we talked about Beltran. I was, it was exciting to see, uh, well, for me, I you know maybe you want to see some people protected, but uh, but like Correa came out and was like, no, but all that stuff about Beltran's not true. He wasn't bullying us into doing stuff. That, you know, people would stand up to him, but I don't know. It's crazy. So when, with this as the backdrop, it's good to see baseball as a as a league and the and the commissioner uh, really going out of his way to like pick up some easy PR wins and um, really handling things with the with the with the real silk gloves when he. When there was a report that, was, that came out from Joel Sherman <laughs> that baseball was going to, uh, speaking of ruining the integrity of the game, just completely fuck up the playoffs um, in a way <laughs> that offended so many people that only really an absolute tool would like it. An absolute <laughs> contrarian boob was the only kind of person who could find that the playoff scheme was a good idea. Luckily, we've tracked that person down. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I mean, though, <laughs> look. I'm not like it's it's I'm not doing it for the sake of having a take like a, a 
and, and I mean, for and also, it's inevitable that they're gonna. There's just too much money being left on the table for them to not expand the playoffs. And I think that that's sort of a uh, a creative way to do it. I, you know, I I, I welcome all the mediocre teams. Mediocre is, you know, it's really it's really all relative anyway, right? I mean, you're <laughs> like like I don't know, and I and I I, I reject the notion. That what fans really want is what we saw this year when there's five good teams and, you know, nobody else is trying, basically. Uh, and, you know, it, it, I, I welcome also uh, more meaningful games in August and September and not just like a dog shit slog through the back half of the season for most of the teams in the league. Now, it, you know, baseball is fine and doesn't need to be fucked with like this, but if they're going to do it anyway... Go nuts! That's that's where I that's where I've landed on this. I guess I don't see dangling the 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 hope of uh, you know the potential of one or two playoff games. I don't think that that is in the the proper incentive to fix all of the systemic problems that we see with the competitive balance in baseball right now. Um, oh, I and I yeah, and I hope that's not being proposed proposed as that. I mean, I think that that's going to have to be collectively bargained, and that's going to come about, you know, when when the 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 CBA is up. like the fact that this, to me, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to get my head around it in a way that's like remotely thoughtful, as opposed to just being like, like visceral, don't like. <laughs> but I think the Red Sox are a really telling example, right? The Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. They had one of the best teams, best seasons we've ever seen. They still were on track or projected if they didn't make the trade they made last week to win like 85 or 86 or 87 games. They could have added to their team in a way or they could have made moves that would have potentially increased their chances of making the playoffs to get that little bit of of extra revenue that might come with a first round if they can sneak in and get through. They didn't do that. They went out of their way to cut costs. I think, I I don't know, I wish I could... uh, attribute the right person to it but it was like in the grand scheme of things the luxury tax is 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 nominal compared to the fact that the red sox just like unloaded mm-hmm. all that money off their books the talk ta- the tax isn't the thing as much as getting like the 60 million dollars or whatever it is that that they are saving with price plus 30 million dollars for for bets this year and whatever else that is always going to trump the potential for a couple extra games of of revenue i don't think that what we've seen the way that the teams are run the way the teams are operated and the way that the teams are trying to increase their margin by reducing their cost i don't think that a couple extra playoff games are going to change any of that stuff i don't think that it's necessarily fan friendly i don't think it's going to change anything because because our march is there are there meaningful hockey games in march Right, the hockey is such an absolute mess with these three-point games and just like completely muddying the waters and throwing just everybody in there. That like, sure, yeah, you get St. Louis that'll that'll come from nowhere. You get these other teams that come up and 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 make this make the make a playoff run. But like, it doesn't change. Has it changed anything? Is it is it increasing interest? Is it is it achieving any of the things that that this sensibly wants to achieve? And the other side of that for me is. Given the way the game is going, how valuable are those non-essential or, or early days playoff games, which turn into these four and a half hour slogs that nobody wants to sit through anyway? <laughs> so they start, well, we just we want to have more playoff games that we can sell to Fox and TBS and whoever else. What happens when they're when when Fox and TBS are like, you know what? Our the ratings are shit. No one wants to sit through this fucking thing because these games go forever. And and as the teams become increasingly faceless, and the games, the you know suddenly it isn't a do or die playoff game. It's not the play in game. It's the pre 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 playing game, or it's this or that. I just I think that there's a reckoning coming, and the these if if the if the the thought that TV deals are going to continue to save the day, I think that that bubble could will burst, and then all these all this fucking around with the game is going to end up looking twice as stupid as it already does even though it hasn't even happened yet but that's just me no i no i think that's fair and i I think you're right that a reckoning will 
will probably come at some point. And, uh, and, and we, you know, we talk about it a lot on here, not, you know, not just to do with this particular proposal, but in a, in a lot of ways, a lot of short-sighted things happen uh, in the name of baseball doing business the way that it currently is choosing to do it. Um, I don't know. I just, I just like the idea of having games that, that, you know, there's a playoff race. Then kind of enjoy that. Then I, I think that there needs to be an entirely different I mean, may, may, structure rather than just changing the playoffs. <laughs> yes, I, 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 you know, I, I think that they need to change how, you know, obviously contracts and everything like that. But also, maybe this is just the, uh, maybe, maybe what I should be really angry about uh, is the way the Toronto Blue Jays has been run for the last twenty five years, which is to say, not well generally. And not good at producing a product that has not been good enough or a team that has not been good enough to to sniff the playoffs in literally 23 of 25 years you know i think an interesting but 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 but, but it does but i do want, i do want to have a nice fun august also i have a question I for you it would be fun. now this i don't want to get sure. too, too too down too far of a rabbit hole i wonder then <laughs> right. to, to that point how satisfied do you think a Dodgers fan is, just in general, with their with with the act of being a Dodgers fan? Are Dodgers are, are there oh, like man. tortured Dodgers fans? Are they are they you know having lived this been so blessed in every conceivable way except for the fact that, that they didn't win the mm. World Series? Are the Dodgers fan worse off than a Royals fan? Like as a Royals fan, just like I, dumb and happy, like oh, we won the World Series, we made it two years in a row, it was amazing, and then that's all gone away. As opposed to Dodgers fan is like well, they won the they won the NL West what seven years in a row, they've been to the World Series like two out of three years, and and make it to just are always there. I wonder about that. I mean, it seems like it'd be pretty all right. I'd I'd be willing to try it for a while. But I mean, I think about like, <laughs> um, yeah, but because people get bored, right? If you're a Yankees fan, they might not hold. You know, a uh, a great divisional, you know, team game as in the same high esteem that that like the bat flip or the Donaldson dash or whatever you want to look at. Like those were such highlights for Blue Jays fans because we starved for so long. Well, for Yankees fans, are like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Who cares? World Series are bust. I don't know. It's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing for a whole other day. Let's bring it back to the Blue Jays. Not great news, but not necessarily like news about the team that's on the field or in Dunedin now. Uh, one of the top young prospects, Eric Pardinho, is going to have to have Tommy John surgery. Um, does yeah. Mean, it sucks that the, is, is kind of all that there really is to say. I think so. I mean, I hope that it helps him, you know, I hope he comes back and gets some of that velocity back that he didn't really have last year. Because he, you know, he spent most of last year, if not all, I would have to look it up, uh, on the shelf, had uh, had elbow trouble. Uh, which you know, which has led to the the this point that I guess they obviously hoped would you know uh, would subside and and could get through it without having to go for the the surgery. Uh, but yeah, it, the the fact that people aren't freaking out about it, I mean, I think one does speak a little bit to the fact that there was a little bit of shine came off him last year because he didn't look great when he did you know take the field, uh, which I guess suggests that he did play in in at least a few games. Uh, to answer my my previous query but uh uh but but you know the it speaks to the strength of the state the, the system as well right i mean he isn't a guy that you're not putting all of your eggs in the in, in that one uh basket right i mean the the jays have uh, a number of really interesting young pitchers and this is obviously a setback and you hate to see it for anybody and and it's you know not great for the for the organization but there was a couple of years ago where you know he was I think like before Nate Pearson came into the system, I mean, Pardino was the guy that you're really kind of dreaming on as the, as you know, the next real big rotation piece to come along, which was obviously, you know, uh, looking quite a bit far and wish casting, you know, several years in the future because he was, you know, a kid who was signed out of, uh, out of Brazil. Uh, and so, you know, signed as a 16 year old, but, but, uh, but also that's cause he had that name recognition. He pitched at 15 in the world baseball classic mm-hmm. or whatever pitched and, you know, p- made, you know, p- pitching against men at that age, which was, uh, always made him an interesting prospect discussion as well. Uh, because, you know, the, I, I think that there was, he pitched, he had pitchability, but, uh, but maybe not 
the projectability that they like on some of uh, you know the the the, the scouts uh, like and and uh, so there was I think some question as to what he might eventually be and I, there still is uh, but uh, but but first he's got to you know have that whole fucking year off. Uh, which, as we saw last year with Julian Merriweather, you know that doesn't necessarily mean you're just you're gonna he's gonna be back in a year's time and and ready to go. There's there can be lots of setbacks along the way. I think well, the, the thing that was always working in his favor, and I still I think still works in his favor, is his age, right? Because he's so young that even though mm-hmm. he might he's have still two, just a kid, yeah. yeah, I mean, essentially two lost years. Um, there's still lots of time for his. Um, you know, for, for growth and projection and maturity and whatever else you want to say. But again, the other side of that, the other thing I think about is um, a little bit of a different version, but Dylan Bundy, um, who was, you know, came to, the, was a, obviously very young and very, very, very effective. And then he got hurt and spent so much time sort of recovering that. It, and I think it ended up hurting him in the end because he it was out of options and there wasn't an opportunity for him to like work. He had some really rough years because he played for the Orioles. Also, but just because it was like he was kind of lost in the wilderness before finally kind of figuring it out. And now he plays for the Angels. So God only knows how bad things are going to get for uh, <laughs> yeah, for Dylan Bundy. Yeah. Um, anything uh, else? Yeah, what Pradino, else is going Pradino on? Turned, spring training? Well, I was just going to say, Pradinho turned 19 in January just last month. So, yeah, he's got, he does have age on his side. He does have age by his side. Um, some other stuff that came out this week, of course. Um, that's not spring training related is the kind of projections is we're getting into projection season rolling out the mm-hmm. steamer projections for the blue jays are like yeah they're better still not great yeah picota uh didn't like him i saw there was a uh a, a tweet today about the twins having the most like projected above average hitters in the league and, and the blue jays were not far behind them on that list but uh but then you know you do a little digging and it turns out there's like you know, they have like six guys who are, it's like Vlad and six guys who are projected to be between one and a hundred, uh, or sorry, between a hundred and one ten weighted runs created plus, or I think one Oh seven. I think Bichette was probably, mm-hmm. I would bet the over on him in that, uh, in that sense. But yeah, uh, but still, I mean, they got, they, they have raised, they've raised the floor. They have successfully raised the floor and have some, uh, some guys that, uh, that could break out and and beat those projections, which could make for a very interesting uh, season, especially where we, you know, under the the proposed new playoff system, in which case they'd pretty much already be in it and we wouldn't have to worry about this until September. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Like, like, I'm not just trying to have a take, but also it serves as a good take. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly does. Um, yeah, I was, I was just kind of quickly looking at the at the steamer numbers, uh, the or the zips. Sorry, like the Fangraphs projections as well. Um, you know, maybe I think is it is zips out. Zips are they're they're gonna be at soon. that was are today. That was today. The Blue Jays are oh, that today was, today. was like the Blue Jays projection oh, day right. on Fangraphs. They've got Vlad at uh, one twenty five uh, weighted runs created plus. Uh, uh, Bobichet with one fifteen. Um, the that's more reasonable, yeah. I mean, those are that's still that's for Bichette in particular. That's a pretty good, that's a good player. That's a good shortstop at 100, like, that much above average. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Vlad 125 is probably still really good considering what we saw from him last year, right? Like, that's the good thing about these about projection systems like this is they have long memories and they know who a guy has been, mm-hmm. even though we were all sort of had our eyes stung by that, you know kind of dismal end of the season when he ran out of gas and whatever else was going on. So uh, just a good reminder of, of just how uh, talented he is and how few um, guys his age are often uh, projected as, as well as he, ha- as he has been. Uh, you know, you look on the pitching side is sort of where you see the, the, the kind of clump, I think of, of depth, excuse me. And just how mm-hmm. a, how Hyunjin Ryu sort of, um, is a step above and like he, Oh, that's what a good pitcher looks like in terms of like, he doesn't walk anybody and he, he gets lots of outs. And then yeah. the other guys are all like, yeah, you never know. Maybe something could happen with this, but just like, there's a lot of samey, same, sameness kind of floating around guys that are at league average or just below, or just, uh, just above. And oh, and Ken Giles too. Of course, Ken Giles is a monster, absolute freak of nature monster. And I, um, he's still a blue Jay, which is cool. Kind of cool. But, uh, see how long yeah. that lasts. Yeah. He seemed, you know, he seemed to enjoy it here. He certainly 
could be a, a trade option if the team is, uh, is you know out of the race. But he could it, fuck. They could qualifying offer him if he pitches real well. So they, it's almost like having a two year contract, except one of those years is more than they would be willing to spend on a closer. I suspect you don't think he'd turn it down. He's really good. He's gonna get paid. Yeah, he might turn. Yeah, he might turn it down. Yeah, that's true. Uh, getting that getting that Raleigh Fingers comp. Yeah. On, uh, on, one we on all long page. for <laughs> yeah grow that mustache ken giles let's go i can see that maybe maybe there's some good dirt that he can dish on the astros maybe some people need to get in front of him and start uh asking him to go in on the team that uh his his exit was something on the the un- unceremonious <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't. He, I, I, I don't believe he's really said anything or seems to want to say anything about it. But certainly, somebody who was there in 2017 for for a, but a brief moment. Uh, before we go, I know there's like the Jays kind of added a bunch of um, the non-roster invite type dudes recently. You've you've kind of written about just about everybody on the roster, a sentence or two here or there. Um, anybody, yeah, anything that's sort Jake of Jake Patricia, but Joe, did Joe panic and? <laughs> Joe Panic. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean that's an interesting one, I guess, you know. Um they're they gave him they're they're giving him number two, Joe Panic, at uh at camp. He's not he's not, you know, wearing number seventy eight or whatever. So that that is perhaps a sign that they think more highly of him than I certainly do. Um But yeah, it'll I think it'll be an interesting camp to see uh, in terms of like the fringes of the roster, if that's a thing that people are interested in. Obviously, you know, the bullpen is pretty unsettled and they have, uh, you know, I don't even know if they have a, like a full complement of, of, of relievers. Uh, I guess they do on the 40 man, but, uh, but there are definitely guys who have a very real shot of making the team despite being on like minor league deals. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I certainly, I, one that jumped out at me when I was writing that piece, uh, yesterday was Jonathan Davis, which is, uh, mm. Uh, you know who 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 hit very well last year, and is a guy we don't really talk about because you know he's he's I think he's twenty seven, so he's a little bit older. But but uh, I you know Anthony Alford uh, might might not be as good as Jonathan Davis, which is uh, you know I mean that that's a prospect obviously who has lost a lot of shine mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and probably, you know, this camp, if, if he has a chance, this is going to be, this is going to be his last one with this organization. I would imagine. I mean, they'll have to, they'll, he'll have to clear waivers for them to send him down. So, uh, maybe he catches on, maybe he hangs on as the fourth outfielder. That's sort of where my head has been at, mm. uh, when I have done things like, uh, projecting out the opening day roster, which I did last week, I think. But yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to see, you know, Rafael Dolis and uh, uh, and and Shania Maguchi coming over, uh, and seeing how the the numbers and the the success that they had uh, in Japan and how it's going to uh, how it's going to translate because those guys were both very very successful there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, most people don't seem to to be super high on Yamaguchi being, you know. Uh, being more anything close to what he was there, but uh, but will certainly be uh, be interesting to watch. It's nice that they're not going to have to run out Edwin Jackson and Jacob Wagerspack and however many other. Oh, you bite your tongue. There, there are fellows. There's 162 games. There's going to be lots of lots of time <laughs> for openers and lots of time for all kinds of bottom of the roster bullshit. Uh, one name actually, that I think that's getting a lot of attention. A lot of people are excited about is Alejandro Kirk. Um. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Which too, seems yeah. cool. It's only twenty-one, but uh, and the catching position seems a little cluttered, you know. Uh, but uh, one guy is uh, doing what he can to uh, <laughs> to iron out those wrinkles and really, uh, you know, straighten that problem right out. So maybe we'll see a little bit more. <laughs> We've already. I think maybe maybe some of us have seen enough or seen too much, even of uh, uh, somebody in the Dollar Tree parking lot certainly did. <laughs> I think that is it so of course we want to say thank you to caitlin mcgrath for taking the time to join us Stoughton, thank you thank you for taking the time uh, happy to do it i mean that's what i'm here for that is true uh so <laughs> who knows maybe maybe we'll be back next year or next week maybe we'll be back the week after that we're going to keep our eye on spring training again it's going to start to get really fun uh when the when the, the position players report on monday 
Uh, so much, uh, I don't know, spring training is fun. I, I've kind of come go back and forth this year i'm like yeah spring training awesome so there's a lot to look forward to uh if you have anything you want us to talk about if you have anything you want us to say you of course can find us uh find us toten and i both on twitter you can head to facebook.com slash birds all day we have a page there send us a note if that's how you prefer to interface with the world good luck with the brain worms uh and of course you can read stoughton on the athletic and uh you can read the vlad junior newsletter that is uh, slowly grinding back to life as the season comes alive but until we speak again my name is drew his name is andrew we'll talk to you next time on birds all day